Welcome back to the Consequences podcast with Paul McNulty and Sean McCreevy. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Um, once again, we are speaking to Graham. We're looking at what we didn't look at so far, which uh, um, will amount to his, his many collaborations uh, with, with tons of songwriters, various questions that we forgot to ask, and perhaps Graham will be kind enough to answer them. He has been so far. Uh, it's, it's lovely to see you uh, probably for the last time in this little series. Graham, you've had enough of us by now, but <laughs> please welcome once again, Graham Goldman, everybody. Good morning, Graham. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Very, very well. And um, uh, looking forward to another enjoyable chat, Graham. They've been wonderful so far. Uh, can we just say that, that your your 10cc chat with us from a few weeks ago uh, is flying off the shelves faster than any other pod we've ever put out. So thanks very much for that. Well, my pleasure. I'm, I'm really pleased about that. Yeah. All 12 of us have loved listening to that episode. <laughs> no, it's, literally, it's been hundreds and, and loads and loads of, of great comments about it. They loved uh, your, your honesty. They, they found it really funny and uh, they found out loads, as we did, you know. So thanks again. It was fantastic. No, my pleasure. And looking forward today to um, getting stuck into not just your solo albums after Animal Olympics, but all those, the multitude of your co-writers, Graham. Yeah, I've had a lot of co-writers. Um, as I probably said before, you know, I, I, I really enjoy writing on my own and I, that's one experience. Uh, and the other experience is, is co-writing, usually with one person, sometimes with two, incredibly rarely with four. It, it seems three is really the, uh, the maximum. Two works, as always, historically, worked out the best for me, either one or two. Yeah. You did a few uh, four-way writing sessions during 10CC, didn't you? I'm thinking of songs like Speed Kills and Second City for the Last Supper. Yeah, I think those were, we did all contribute to, the, to it, uh, to the songs. But it, it's it, if you look at the 986 songs that I've written, <laughs> allegedly, uh, there won't be very many. Why do you think it was, Graham, that there was such a long gap between your solo albums? You, you've been very, very busy with releases, haven't you, since and another thing. But but why, why that gap? I think it's funny. I, I made albums when I felt like doing it. And when I had, say, a build-up of material or songs that weren't really... I'd written or co-written that weren't really... Uh, coverable, if you like. Yet I thought they were good enough for other people to listen to. And so I would record two or three and then think, well, I'm just going to carry on now, you know, and get a, get an album's worth, maybe 10 or 12 tracks, whatever it is. Right. But really that was it. So I never had any... That, that was really my motivation, just having songs that I wanted to share that had come about, and then it seemed justified to complete a whole album but as soon as I started I absolutely loved the whole process that 
you're in a kind of a um, the other kind of bubble, <laughs> you know, recording creative bubble um, that I loved. And of course, uh, on a lot of those tracks, um, I haven't got the album in front of me. Maybe I should get it, but um, there are a lot of co collaborations on that album. Yes, it's it seemed like you know after. Um, you know, your long collaboration with Eric and the other guys in 10CC and then your sort of full-on uh, and very successful collaboration with Andrew, uh, you were now returning to sort of more of a patchwork, well, you know, not not permanent collaborations, but working with lots of different, uh, different yeah. writers. She's been gone such a long time, longer than I can be. So were these songs that had been, um, you've been working on for for months or years and, and you were picking the best or, or did, did these come in a, in, a, in a rush? I think probably more of a, it might not have been a rush, but certainly it wouldn't have been years. So say songs um, like Just Another Day that I wrote with Claudio Giudetti. She leaves the note upon the dresser by the door. Gets in a car and starts to drive. Yes. Was written because I met Claudio. He said, I I've got this chorus. Can you write a verse? Mm. And I did. And then we continued to finish the song off. Just another day. You've been waiting for a lot too long. Just another day. I've got something here to, to play you, kindly one of the tapes that, that Dave Jarvis sent to me uh, that had been passed to him by Henry Priestman. Um, speaking of Italian, am I right in thinking that Claudio would have always written Italian lyrics? No, he doesn't write lyrics at all to my... Well, he might write Italian lyrics, but he's never written an Italian lyric to songs that we've written. I mean, even with the... We've had covers in Italian and it's always we get someone in to do the um, the Italian version of the lyric. I don't speak Italian. Obviously, Claudio does. Yes. But doesn't has never written a lyric for songs that we've written. OK. It kind of forms a little introduction, I guess, Graham, to your many songwriting sessions at Huntsham Court. Right. Um, and... Uh, I don't think it's going to take you more than a couple of seconds both to recognise the singer on this. This is a song, as far as I can tell, written and recorded as a demo by Claudio and a guest singer. Uh, and I think this is absolutely beautiful. It's lovely, isn't it? Uh, Siempre tu rosa. Uh, I'm not even sure if that's Italian or Spanish, actually. Always you something or other. Um, we'll, have, we'll have to get a proper translation of that, rosa. Maybe it's rose. What do you think? Well, it's very nice, but I don't recognise it. It was, as I say, a, a collaboration between Kirsty and, and Claudio. Um, and okay. Oh, Chris, 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 right. Yeah, and it was from uh, Huntsham '96. There was a compilation tape, Graham, with so many amazing songwriters and artists on. Um, there are probably about 25 songs on the tape, and that's one of them. And I think it's gorgeous. Oh, 
Uh, I think um, that would be Kirsty singing in Spanish, I, I, I fancy. Mm. Um, because of her, she had a tremendous affinity for all sort of Southern American, South American music. I'm talking a fan. He lives in a high-rise block and here I am. He shouldn't have turned my rock. He's brushing his teeth. He doesn't look bad from this far. I'm hailing a cab. When we work together, the, the day would start with, first of all, her making some fantastic coffee. She <laughs> took about half an hour to make. And playing sort of like Brazilian music or, you know, South American music, which kind of got us in the, in the mood, you know, to write, which is always great. Yeah, of course, those songs you did together on, on Tropical Brainstorm, they've got, certainly got that feel to them, haven't they? Yeah, and that whole, I mean, yes, yeah, so, so a lot of tracks on that album. You made me believe that I was some kind of myth, but here I am. How could he treat me like this? I'm talking a fan. He's gone to the record store to buy CD. Yeah, that's a wonderful fa uh, song, Treachery. Uh, uh, was it originally called Stalking a Fan? And because uh, it, I, I, wanted, I wanted to call it. I wanted to call it Stalking a Fan. Yeah, I think it's a better title. Yeah, um, <laughs> a bit late now. Yeah, I know. Uh, it's such a fantastic lyric. Yeah, uh, but uh, we did have uh, Kirsty and I did have that discussion, and she was quite adamant. Okay, and uh, as it's her. Her lyric, uh, I mean, any of the songs that we wrote, the music was, a lot of the music was mine. Yeah. But uh, lyrically, I would just leave it to her. I mean, you, you don't want to mess around <laughs> yes, sure, with sure. what she does. She, she was uh, amazing and uh, I still get very upset about, about what happened. And, um, you know, I think at that stage in her life, she, you know, she had so much going for her. Uh, both on a personal level and artistically as well. Right. But uh, she's left a wonderful legacy. Absolutely, a wonderful talent. Such an underrated singer, isn't she? Yeah, wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, um, I think um, that's just me on guitar and mm. her voice. I think I don't. I think that the rest of the track is just that, isn't it? It's, it's just, just the demo. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, just a demo. And I think the the um, I think that we actually used that. I'm not sure it was a was a B side. Um, I'll have to check it. But um, what year would that have been then? Uh. Two thousand i think tropical brainstorm all right that was the the year of her death i think yeah. she yeah. was at the end of 2000 it was done very close to uh when yes. we did we recorded um a treachery it's feb 98 is what the, the folder says and i won't argue with, with dave oh, right. on that but the release the release date probably came after that didn't it i'm pretty sure the album was out there. yeah but uh the whole experience of working with kirsty one of my uh you know, it was a very happy collaboration. Um, yeah. I played on 
treachery. I think I played some bass. It wasn't actually the bass part. It was like an overdubbed part. But um, yeah. I love working with her. Very talented. From what I know, she suffered from stage fright, but I, I was very lucky. I happened to see her on that tour at the Town and Country Club in mm. Kentish Town in 2000. And she was an, seemed to be completely in her element on stage. Brilliant rapport with the audience, sang yeah. beautifully. Yeah. So I don't know whether it, it, it's something that, you know, despite herself, she was a great performer, even yeah. though it was, she, she was didn't. Brilliant. I mean, you've just reminded me, actually, she was due to do a... Um, a TV program from Belfast and her uh, guitar player wasn't well. So I remember going to Belfast with her, you know, as the uh, miming to whatever it was that we were doing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I, did, I did spend, you know, quite a lot of time with her and um, she was a tremendous talent and a, and a wonderful person. Mm. Absolutely. Her, the funeral, her funeral was... Uh, well, anyway, let's move on. <laughs> Things happen, we fall in love, it just comes naturally. How important a part of forming that album were the Huntington Court sessions? Because quite a lot of your collaborators on the album you were rubbing shoulders with, weren't you? Down, right, well, down at, the, at, at the court. Yeah, Henry Priestman, Claudio Giudetti... There's a song there written with um, Suggs and Chris Difford. I love this version. And that's no, no offence to you, Graham. It's just hearing Mr McPherson sing like this is a joy. There was a day as I look at it now Sleeping away in a heap on the bed Looking at you in the Coney light What did I do? What had I said? It's a lovely vocal, isn't it? Yeah, very good. Really good. He's got a really, um, you know, individual voice. Um, and uh, I, I, very expressive. Very good. Hmm. It's, not uh, what, it's not what we expect from him, is it, really? No, probably the opposite. Yeah. But we did write some stupid songs as well. Oh, yeah, we've got a couple of those to come. But I just wanted to ask about the, surely that was a Chris Difford lyric, because it's got those wonderful flat lines in that meter. You know, we went to the shops, we looked for a skirt. I went for a walk. Where did I go? When I returned, you look so hurt. That's, it's got to be a Difford lyric, surely. Yeah, definitely. definitely. <laughs> so I, I took a, I was on a sort of musical yeah. side of that. Um yeah, beautiful. I, 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 I really like that song. Well, obviously I like it. Sure, it's, I adore the... Sorry, Graham, I adore the couplet where um, you're singing about where, whatever happened to the Motown song that we heard in the pub. And then that gorgeous line, uh, I heard it on the grapevine, right. that we, that are, we are, are not in love. love. Genius. Yeah. What happened to the Motown song that we heard in the And that's when I added the that suspended chord ah. intro to "I'm Not in Love" in there as a kind of a, a musical nod. Yes, I, I loved recording that, and um, I mean there were, there were collaborations with writers, also collaborations with producers, of course. But uh, anyway, we can get on to that. Sure. Yeah, yeah. 
can we just go back very briefly to um, just another day? I beg your pardon. Because yeah. in, in Liam Newton's book, um, it says that that song was actually started with Kevin Godley. Um, yeah. uh, but he had a, the lyric wasn't suitable and you couldn't that's bring correct. it into closure. Yes. Is that right? Yes, you're quite. Yes, that's quite correct. Uh, because we wanted a lyric, you know, uh, Kevin is a brilliant lyricist. Mm -hmm. And so I gave the song to him, but it didn't, um, it didn't work. Right. But that was a, an important song because as far as we're aware from timeline point of view, that was the, one of the first times you'd collaborated with him for a long time. And then you went on to do the GGO6 stuff later. Yeah. Is that wrong? Right. That's correct. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. I mean, Kevin and I, as I've told you probably in previous a previous interview, that uh, you know we'd always kept in touch with each other, and he's very sort of he would it wouldn't I knew it wouldn't bother him to be yeah if it didn't work you know he just wants yeah. wants to be right, and if it's not right, it's not right, and that's the end of it. Sure. Yeah. What other songs on on that album uh, bring back memories for you from a from a collaborating point of view, Graham? Uh, walking with a well, there's a, there's a few. <laughs> so, I mean, all of them, really. So, you stole my love. I mean, I can go through them quickly. You stole my love um, was a song that was recorded by the Mockingbirds many, many years ago. Yeah, yeah. With a slight lyric change, um, uh, which I did with uh, a friend of mine called Barry Greenfield. I was going to ask about him, but sorry, I beg your pardon, didn't mean to interrupt. Barry and I worked together, like, met in the 60s. He came yeah. over from Canada. He, he's originally from the UK, but his parents went to live in Canada many years ago. And I think it was through Harvey Lisberg that he came over and yeah. did some recording with us at Strawberry prior to pre-10 CC. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, he used to come and stay uh, with us and, uh, you know, we'd, I, I, for some reason I wanted to change, I think I added a part to the song and, and I wanted to change the lyrics and he was, you know, he, he helped me with that. Mm. Um, and that was recorded at Rick Fenn's studio. Ah. He used to live in, um, in South London. Oh. Uh, so, yeah, just another version of the song. That... I was going to say, you welded the chorus of schoolgirl in there yeah, didn't you that's what that was with was a different uh, yeah, yeah yeah all is pure to the pure all is pure to the pure all is sure to those in the web of love yes it works so well and i've always loved that that spooky guitar riff graham i yeah, think, I think that's, that's one of your best that riff I lifted from the original recording. Yeah. yeah. I just sampled myself and I, it was fine with me to do that. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Oh, so it is, it's a sample then from the original? Yeah. Ah. I tried to record the sound. Yeah. I couldn't get it. It <laughs> was like the definitive yeah. sound for those notes. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful, rich, um, chorusy, tremoloy sort of sound, isn't it? It's really yeah, yeah. fabulous. I think it's a, a, probably a strap, which is my uh, electric guitar of choice. Yes. Um, 
And then we've got Walking with Angels, um, which is a song I wrote with Gordon Kennedy. Mm -hmm. And of course, um, you've written, you wrote with Gordon on the, the new album, didn't you? Yeah. So we've we've always kept uh, connected. We've we've written some other things that never got. Well, I think a couple of other songs that never actually sort of made the um, made the cut, so to speak. Um, but I was I was in Nashville um, on a writing trip, and I was introduced to Gordon. And uh, Gordon is a born again Christian, and we were talking about a track I'd been on. Um, to Israel in 1996 hmm. and I, I was walking with a mate of mine and I said because uh, I'd lost my dad in the early 90s uh, I said I wish I, my dad could see me now hmm. and, and he said he can and you're walking with angels walking with that struck me that was i was very moved by that and that's where the idea of walking with angels came from oh that's beautiful even if the title and it's right the whole of the rest of the lyric is slightly abstract that was the <laughs> the springboard it, it has a lovely positive sort of majestic vibe that that, that yeah. contrasts with ready to go home it feels like the, the grief is has been or is being worked through you know and, and it's, yeah. a, it's it's a, it's a nice companion piece to that song yes and, yeah. the, and the fact and the fact that andrew is there with you in the studio adds poignant, uh, poignancy to it doesn't it yeah and of course we decided it, it's quite beatly so yeah i mean very... I, I used um, a, a hofner bass that um a violin bass that Andrew had mm. for the bass part, and Andrew's drumming. You know, yeah, we bring. Uh, I mean, he's yeah. yeah he's doing that, of course. Yeah, uh, I bet he did. There's some majestic arranging on that track as well. Yeah, you know, uh, the guitars. I, I played all the guitars on it. Okay. It, very uplifting, isn't it? It's very yes. like skies have opened, and, and it's yes, yes. Lovely, I think, and that, and that was the the feeling I wanted to um, to get over, and and, and uh, you know, much respect to Andrew as well because um, we we produced that together. Sure. So a lot of the sounds he would get, um, we really understood each other, Andrew and I. It was not a uh, when we worked, we 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 had the same sort of goal that's why it worked it, our relationship works so well absolutely it comes across there's jumping to another collaboration with andrew there can anybody see you yeah i'm not convinced that i mean he's so good at his mimicry although it's more than mimicry obviously he's doing a great ringo on walking with angels i'm not convinced that he isn't actually copying paul mccartney on drums in Canada, <laughs> because it you know, as you know, I'm sure Macca plays on quite a few tracks on, and it just sounds like he's aping McCartney there rather than Ringo. I don't know whether he's doing that deliberately. <laughs> well, that's really subtle because they they have a similarity of styles. They do. Uh,
I'm, I'm just trying to um, get get the song back in. Oh, yeah. Can anybody see it? Yeah, that's right. Uh, Is that the one with the harmonica on? So it's a very good. Um, I mean, this album. If anybody doubted uh, Andrew's virtuosity or the the amount of things that he can do, um, mm -hmm. this album, in a way, is is testament to to his uh, his skill, his uh, his talent, amazing yes. talent. Too right. So, some of it is almost like a wax album hiding in plain sight. Not well, all. Yeah. But, well, it would be, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's great. Which is great. Wonderful. Yeah. And I love the sound of it too, Graham. It, it kind of, in my mind, the sound, your sound that was born, it seems to me, on the Mirror Mirror album, where you've got that yeah. lovely, warm, acoustic, very real, very upfront and, and, and personal. I think it's it's exactly the right treatment for these songs, I think. Well, I try and do that. You know, it, it's very important that, uh, that the... I mean, everything starts with the song, so... And if usually there's an acoustic guitar, so a lot of the time there will be, just because it just felt right. And and the the guitar is my sort of initial songwriting partner in that it, it stimulates and informs what I'm going to do. Yeah. Um, so the, there's always acoustic guitars. I've always been a massive fan of uh, of acoustic guitar playing rhythm since. The shadows actually you know when mm. we heard bruce welsh um yeah his playing um yeah so everything grows from there ignorance is bliss and on your tails there is a twist yes i got ridden And I try to keep things natural, it, but it's my only my opinion about what what should be on what, you know. Mm -hmm. But it, you, you know, it is more um, a, a more of a real instrument um, album rather than synths and things. Yeah, and, yeah, and we've got some questions about um, the, the next album along. Actually, once we've we've finished on this one, where you move away from those natural drums. Can I ask about how you and Gary Barlow got to work together? Was this before Take That kind of re rebooted? Yes, it was in between. Yes. In between times. It was through EMI who published uh, my songs. They arranged for us to get together. Um, and I really enjoyed working with him. We wrote, we wrote two songs. Uh, we wrote a song called Stronger that was a, a single for him. Yes. That didn't do that well. Stronger every day. Stronger every night. I'm holding out for peace. Ready now to fight. Uh, but we also walk, did Walking Away, which actually I, I kind of like better. But I just like the... It reminded me of Buddy Holly and a sort of down, 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 you know, the one to five the chord sequence. Yes. Um, that's like going from A to E for anybody who doesn't <laughs> yeah. Or C to G. Yes. C. Um, yeah, I, he was great. Um, it was very enjoyable. He was a very focused 
um, I was. I remember I was. My daughter lives not far from Gary, and I was staying with her when I was working with Gary. And I come back the next day, and he'd say, oh, "Listen to this. I did this last night, and it's like a whole track with a full orchestra on it." You know, right. he was real. Uh, I don't. I don't want to say he's a workaholic, but he loves to work. Yeah, a very incredibly talented guy, and also the owner of one of the best pop voices. Period. Mm. Yeah, and, and a voice that seems to have got better and better, to be honest. Yeah, yeah that I agree with that. that yeah, all right, let's... Uh... just ask one question here uh, um, stronger as you say was a single which uh, came out a couple of months after Robbie Williams strong yeah uh, hmm. and, and uh, you may have heard this before I, I guess that's a coincidence but it, it seemed like it could have been an answer song because the momentum at that point was with Robbie it was, Robbie. It was a coincidence yes I, I thought so yeah yeah didn't help it in any way <laughs> <laughs> Loved working with Gary, and um, we actually keep, sort of keep in touch now and again. You know, I'll get in touch with him if he's doing something. Oh yeah, we must get together. It's not actually happened yet. Yeah, <laughs> I would sure. like to start with him again. Yeah, of course. Paul, you uh, had an interesting question about Simon Whitfield. He was one of the co-producers, was he, on the album? Where is that? On Wiki, I think it says it was co-produced by Simon Whitfield. I wonder whether this is a Wiki ghost that's got into the machine. Because when I clicked on the link, Simon Whitfield, it went to a guy who was at the time 24 years old and was a triathlon gold medalist, <laughs> you know, in training for the 2000 oh, Olympics. Yeah, of course. I mean, you're only the best. Uh, so, on which track are we talking about? Well, it's actually, he's down as co-producer of the entire album, which, as I say, is... Oh, well, no, he is Right, okay. <laughs> there's, some, there's a wiki troll somewhere. Yes. Um, yeah. Dancing days They're gone before we know it Dancing days Live them while we can Sure, I just wanted to point out there's some lovely other lovely songs on there like Dancing Days which we yeah, have about yeah, is a particular favourite of mine yes. and what we do in the Heart Full of Songs tour yes. a, a song that really should have been covered uh, yes. by somebody never has been um, but I haven't given up on it hmm. um, I worked that with Gary uh, Gary Burr who was um, had been uh, a uh, country music songwriter of the year uh, during the, the 90s, I think. Um, and uh, a lovely guy. Also, by coincidence, plays with Ringo in one of Ringo's other offshoot yeah. bands. I can't remember the name of it. I think it's something quite rude. <laughs> so I won't remember it. But um, I saw Gary, uh, I worked with Gary a couple of years ago. We had a writing session, nothing really. 
that good came out of it that I, that I use that I could use. However, it was a pleasure to work with him, and uh, I saw him. He came to one of the uh, Ringo gigs in 2018, so it was nice to meet up with him again. Oh, that's nice. Well, I thought yeah, dancing, yeah. dancing Days has got a terrific lyric. Were you involved in the lyric on that one? Yeah, yeah. It's got that real sense. I'm sure we've all been there. Like what what could have been, you know, unrequited love. You see yeah. something across the room, and and you have to leave them there. You know, it's uh, yeah. I think that song actually um, is more lyrically. That's more um, Gary than me. And But as I, I've just looked at the notes, I walked into his um, his, his writing studio. The, we didn't explain, exchange that many pleasantries. Is how are you? You know, do you want a coffee? Thank you. What do you? I tell the story on the Hartford Songs Tour, and he immediately goes, "What do you got?" <laughs> <laughs> I've got this little do 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 do. Oh, yeah, do, right, right. Uh, intro and so i like that <laughs> and then we off we went so that's another example of the germ of the song being contained in the riff there the riff yeah yeah, yeah. Riff yeah the riff was there yes we've talked about that of course yes brilliant yeah. and we just before we leave and another thing we can't uh, we can't go without mentioning the 37 second untitled bonus track <laughs> oh yeah I, I love that yes <laughs> what comes first the music of the <laughs> that Paul and I have asked you all of those annoying questions. What comes first, the music or the words? Do you still see Kevin Lowell? I did you split amicably, you and the lads in 10cc. Where did you get your name from? I'll go and ask Jonathan King. Sing art for art's sake, Wall Street shuffle, rubber bullets and the deed and I. I'm not in love and dreadlock holiday. Will you tell me why oh why did 1983 see the end of 10cc? It would drive me mad. It happens. I don't mean for this to sound sort of big-headed or anything, but I kind of, it's okay because we're doing this and we know it, but when you meet someone new and they go, what do you do? (laughs) (laughs) And it happened to me this weekend. We met met, um, some friends of my wife's and it was, I don't understand how you write songs. What comes first, the music or the words? (laughs) And I was tempted to go, but I mean it's a fair question um, but it gets asked so much and all the other questions that are asked that uh, I thought I should write a little ditty (laughs) (laughs) do you you still see Kevin Lowell by the way Graham (laughs) (laughs) I, I I still see Kev no, no, absolutely. We've, we've, we've uh, gone. To, that ship has sailed, hasn't it? With our chat, yeah. fabulous. I'm really interested looking at the track listing for Love and Work, Graham, and yeah. just on. In black and white there on paper, it seems that your team of songwriters is smaller 
and more focused this time. Um, yeah. Yeah. Tell us, was that a deliberate decision, or it was just? Did you get the team together? There's no deliberate decisions. Things just evolve. I don't sort of plan out a thing or say I'm going to do an album and now it's going to be this because one thing seems to beget something else. So, uh, say working with uh, Graham Pleath, who I work with a lot as a as a co-producer, but he also writes. Mm. So there will be things that um, <clears throat> he'll go. I've got this idea, and I go, "Oh, I like that," and then we we finish something off. Yeah, there's a lot of collaborations. Also, um, Henry features a lot, doesn't he? Henry features, yeah, um, on two, three songs. Yeah. So, yeah, Henry's back <laughs> again. Um, we spoke briefly, didn't we, about your work with Henry Priestman uh, on, yeah. on a previous uh, podcast. Uh, and, um, yeah, you, you seem to have had a prolific relationship, don't you? Very prolific. And I think it, it, if we lived near each other, it would be more prolific because he's he's spent his time in... He's got a place in Anglesey and, and Liverpool. Mm. So, but whenever we've... Uh, been together or worked on uh, we've worked on other projects besides songs that I've recorded or he's recorded um, we always come up with something so it's very good chemistry there uh, between us and and um, I, I'm very fond of Henry he's a, he's a, he's a wonderful guy mm. very talented um, man yeah C- Crying Time the exemplar there of, of and that was written on one of those songwriting yeah. sessions was it yeah, yeah. And that, that was one of those songs that always, particularly the verse, the melody of the verse, I thought, God, that's so Eric Clapton. I thought, God, I wish you could. <laughs> and I don't know whether, I, I'm sure I asked the publishing company to send it to him, but nothing ever happened. I thought he could have done a great job on that song. Definitely. Let me um, give you a treat, Graham. Here's, um, you won't be able to see the video, but here's the very, very first time that Crying Time got its a public... Uh, airing there would have been about 20 people in the room i reckon at this time oh yeah i've, I've seen this that's um, right and it's uh, uh, I'd, I'd love to uh, play a little bit of it for our listeners yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I, I really like who's it. The, um, who's the, uh, the female collaborator on that one, Graham? Um, uh, Angela Lupino, it says here. Lupino, yeah. The person yeah. interrupting. Uh, yeah, because um, the, the thing uh, uh, with these writers' weeks were that, that three of you would, would go to write a song. Sure. Obviously, there'd be a different balance of who contributed what, but whatever whoever did what we always split it three ways because yeah. even someone's presence in the room is has an effect or that just and they might go mm, don't like that and you change yeah. it yeah. 
yes, even exactly. in a way is 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 enough. Um, so I, I don't really. I know I did a lot of the melody on that. Definitely, I always do. Um, and whether I think "Crying Time Again," I'm pretty sure that was uh, Henry's title. Right, and of course we like with a musical beginning, a lyrical, a title will inform you know what what's going to come. Well, absolutely. Let me on. I never noticed there was something wrong. You didn't show it, so it came as some surprise. It's crying time again. There's something really interesting rhythmic, rhythmically with this song, Graham. I think it's it's in four four, but it doesn't yeah. have a four four feel because the, the emphasis in, for different lines seems to fall in unusual places. Yeah, it sort of pushes the beat, doesn't it? I'm sure it's four four, but it kind of it seems to shift in and out. Yeah, sure, and it's one of those ones where you don't need to know what it is. Yeah. It just it feels it feels good. But uh, I'll take your point. No, it's, uh, because a lot of the stuff I do, like I know, like the beginning of um, one of the oddest ones is um, on the Russian doll, the intro. Mm. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, mind confuser. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. You said you wrote and you wrote that little intro in your head in a taxi. Yeah, or... yeah, yeah. Ah. I see the world, I see the world in your eyes. Tell us about Then It's Gone, that's a great track. Talking and, that, about yeah. and that's so another that's, one with, with a kind of an odd feel. That's in six, that's in yeah. six. Yeah. Uh, that was written in, in, yeah. in, on a writing trip to Nashville. Oh, okay. Um, I can't remember that Chris, the, the my co-writer, it was so long ago, I can't yeah. remember his name. But anyway... He was a massive um, McCartney fan. Yes. Right. And I had this with the pedal yeah. beat. Yeah. And it just, we would think about children and children dreaming and children looking out of bedroom windows at night. And mm -hmm. I, I'm not really sure what it's about. It's a sort of stream of consciousness. Um, Strong. Yeah. But it's, I really like that a lot. It's got, yeah, that, that McCartney thread seems to follow all the way through. It's got that kind of, you know, there's a relentless logic in some of McCartney's melodies and they're almost like a chess chess player moving through his, you know, it just seems very, very logical, that song. I don't know how, in other words, to describe it. It seems to yeah. go where it's going to go and it knows where it's going to go or yeah. something like that. It's got an odd sort of bass part as well. Uh, sometimes the bass moves like so it's bass is walking and other times it's just very more of a static sort of bass line right but, yeah, uh, I think it's a very uh, interesting track and you said it's in six Paul uh, and yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm kind of with you it's it's almost like a fast waltz yeah it's not it's not a waltz because it's grouped yeah, that's right or, or yeah but the, each each beat's got like triplets yeah yeah so it's like six four but really fast I, I think it's really interesting yeah, I, I like it a lot. Dreams yeah. across a moonbeam into a slipstream and let it fly. Yeah, for what it's worth, that's my that's my favourite on this album, along with Memory Lane, which mm. is which is apart from the semi instrumental, is the only song that you wrote on your own. I note. Yeah, that's correct. And that's I mean, it said it, it says it all. In a way, there's nothing to discuss. It's a very plain. And, and, and nice lyric. I wanted to show you where I'd made my mark. 
people that I've actually had people that say that they they actually perform that in their when they they play down the pub. You know, they oh. do an, <laughs> doing little acoustic shows. Yeah. Uh, a couple of people that have said that they 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 perform that song. Um, so it, that it, I mean, when you're writing it, you obviously. You, you like what you're doing, otherwise you wouldn't do it. <laughs> but there are certain songs that you don't know what the effect they're going to have on people. And I mean, even things like Ready to Go Home, where uh, people have asked permission because uh, they want to play at their um, someone's funeral. Yes. Which is really quite a compliment, I think. Yeah. Mm. Oh, yes. That yes. Someone would want to use your music at something like that, that they feel it reflects what they're feeling is... Um, I, I'm. I, I always say yes, but, you know, do so. Well, um, S- uh, Sally, my wife, and I—we've both got it pegged for our own funerals, Graham. Oh, and, well, and, and, and it's, it's a big, big compliment. I'm ready to go again. It's a that's wonderful a song. Hello, darling. Just listen to you. I heard my name. That's why I'm here. Uh, you, you better explain in what context now, Sean. Yeah. A first man for a curry on a Sunday night. We were set up by a mutual friend. I thought it was a dinner with no strings attached. She said, "What do you recommend?" Um, can I ask a, a semi-personal question, Graham, with with its tongue in cheek? What did Ariella think of the song? She absolutely loved it. Oh, good. <laughs> How could she not? Well, yeah. You know, that, that song, um, well, it started live because, um, you know, people would uh, would say, How did you meet? You know, and you go through the <laughs> story. So, it's in a way, it's a kind of a bit, little bit like the, um, the interview song. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, I, what I say is, I. I say the first verse of the song, <laughs> and it kind of it's all over in, in like thirty seconds. Yeah, so uh, yeah, she loved it, and her mother went mad. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that, but yeah, but in, that started out as a riff. That I had the um, that I used to play at sound checks with uh, with the band, mm. right. and uh, I was like, I thought I've got to use this somehow. And actually, I had a I had a different name when I started singing. It just it just came to me, and I thought, I wonder if Ariella would work. It would be great. And then <laughs> having her name led me on to the the idea of. Uh, Okay. Uh, of telling the story of how we met. Sure. Some of it is uh, embroidered slightly, I have to say, but because you can't, I can't resist a good rhyme. So. <laughs> it's artistic license. Was yeah, it but, the right? Was it the right curry dish, or was that artistic license? Yes, she did. The the, the dishes are exact: <laughs> the jalfrezi and the korma. I'm glad. Okay, that's fantastic. Cool. So speaking of um, of playing with the band, uh, Graham. Um, Nick Wilson's done a great job on the drum programming there. It yeah. very often sounds like proper acoustic drums. What led you down the path of, of choosing to program drums rather than have a drummer play? I think convenience and uh, really, uh, as you say, Mick was a great 
drum programmer and the the greatest compliment was when people would say who played drums mm. I, I, till i looked at the notes i didn't realize it wasn't real drums to be yeah, honest no, excellent really you know i mean we come along with a, a lot of the parts we do together but the actual sounds and putting it together um was was mick and he was absolutely brilliant on that Putting My Faith in Love and Black Gold, of course, does have a real drummer on it. Yes, the great Brian Bennett, right? Great Brian Bennett, mm. yeah. um, who is another fellow sod. Right. Ah, okay. That must have been a thrill to have a, you know, uh, him play on an album. Yeah, and he was lovely, and he got it right away, of course. I mean, that's why you don't ask someone to play on it if you don't think they, they can... <laughs> get it you know but yeah. I, I thought he would and he did <laughs> great a wonderful and, and um great tribute to the shadows that track isn't it yeah black gold yeah i i really like that in fact it was used in a um as a music in a program which was actually about the world's worst jobs and it was about someone who worked on a uh, an oil rig oh yeah i think of course the music has absolutely nothing to do or i'm not sure what oil sounds like but <laughs> it, i think it was just the title they went oh black gold there you go okay well, yeah uh, i wanted to call it jet black ah but or because of course as well as it's a tribute to the Shadows and to Jet Harris and Tony Meehan mm-hmm. um, because of the six-string bass thing going on there. Oh. And uh, but there was someone else had, uh, or there was another. I think he'd actually put out uh, an instrumental called Jet Black, which would have worked good. But then Black Gold works as well. Oh yeah. Yes. Um, can I ask about Lost in the Shadows of Love, which sounds like a, a very sad song again, a co-write with Henry Priestman? Yeah. Very um, soon, and your your voice really reaches down during you know the lowest I've ever heard you sing there. Mm. Yeah, and actually there is a there is an octave higher on top of that that's slightly okay. slightly lower if you listen because I, I didn't like I, I wanted to sing it high but I couldn't so I sang it low but did a and if you listen carefully there's a, a higher octave. Okay. I'm the lost in the shadows of love. Lost in the shadows of love. Lost in the shadows of love. I've done my time, but still I find I'm lost in the shadows of love. I think that was something I had this the guitar part, like the intro first. Mm-hmm. And it emulated from there. Okay. Um, and but I think that is uh, once again Henry's title, and okay. I think Henry did quite a lot of the lyric on that. Sad, uncared for, just like our love. Best intentions, not good. Enough. I like that song a lot. I mean, I like them all, but I have to say after I've, I've talked about it because that's how I feel. Sure. Sure. Before we finish, can I just tell you one funny story? Go on, please. There's a song called Battlefield that I wrote with yeah. um, Graham Pleath, which is yeah. kind of 
country song. It yeah. has a country feel to it. And actually, Graham works in Nashville quite a lot. So maybe that's where that came from. But the track ended up on an album, a, a compilation album called something like the latest and greatest country songs. Mm. And I was there uh, along with like all these, like Dolly Parton and uh, some other, uh, you know, Kenny Rogers, Graham Goulburn. It like, was like really such a weird thing to see. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was, um, I was very happy that they Absolutely. Got that. Crikey, what illustrious company. Musically fitted right in. It was just sort of strange. Yeah, see that. Sorry, right? Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, moving forward to play nicely and share, Graham. Uh, enjoyable collection. That why was it an EP rather than a a full album? Let's get lost, let's find a place when no one knows us. Private little space. I think it was time constraints. I had these songs and I thought I haven't got time to do anything else. So I'm going to, I'm going to just do an EP. Why not? It seemed people were doing that. Uh, and I think it is a really nice collection. Um, start, I started with Let's Get Lost, which was uh, written originally for a, a Radio 4 programme called The Loss of Lostness, ah. uh, which yes. I, I contributed to. We'll free our heads. My contribution was to do with, first of all, the, the, the main thing was that we'd, we'd lost the art of getting lost because we've all got sat-naps, etc. Mm. Right. Um, but it's nice to get lost. And I know that, I remember they talked to someone that does, uh, makes mazes. Um, mm. And that, that's one way of getting lost, certainly. Um, and I talked about, I was talking about the art of the, the, getting lost in music and say, going into record shops, which are something you don't see very, very often, and getting lost in going in one, to one place and that leads you to another thing. And you think, oh, I remember that artist. I'm mm. going to try and pick something up. Right. And, um, I can't remember how it came about. I think they said, could you write a song for it? Um, which I did. The first thing I wrote was on a ukulele and I realised that it was a complete nick of something else. I realised in the in the in the nick of time because quite often you'll do something you go oh that's really good and then you find out it's 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 good someone <laughs> yeah. else wrote it um, but, but but yeah exactly uh, but um, but anyway then I came up with this I said I I wrote the song and I thought well I'm going to do a really good version of it right and right. like and they used part of it in the on the program. Yeah, yeah, and I, I love the way it, it's very Goldman-esque, isn't it? In, in the way it kind of dips in and out of major and minor. I love yeah. some of the changes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like the major minor thing. There's a there's a term, an Italian term for that, but uh, something that uh, McCartney uh, really turned me on to. That it really works well if it's hand, if it's used correctly. Mm. Oh, totally. My favourite track on the record, Graham, is just like yesterday. Um, you, you wrote that with Graham, I think, didn't you? 
Yes. Uh, yeah, that's a, another track that gets a lot of, uh, you know, had a lot of um, positive feedback. Some people said it sounded like Crowded House, mm. which I can, I, I understand that. Slight, yeah, like slightly the, Nashville-y as well, I think. Yeah, yeah, yes. Um, I mean, once again, Graham, even if uh, some of the stuff was uh, co-produced with other people, but everything was mixed hmm. by Graham. I'm just checking that. Um, yeah, everything was mixed. Some of it was recorded at Graham's. Some at um, so it was either recorded at Graham's or Mick Wilson's place. But everything was mixed by Graham, and that that I wanted that consistency, even though they they, they weren't recorded in the same place. Okay, they do fit together nicely. And it, yeah. I, there was one track I, I would like to talk about, which is Daylight, um, which was written uh, with a guy called Chris Braid, mm. who I had one day's writing with. We came up with loads of stuff, and we said there was something about him reminding me very much of Andrew. He's a multi-instrumentalist, great writer, and um, we talked about actually doing an album together. Okay. This was one day. Uh, we had this massive connection. It's kind of like a musical love at first sight, in a way. Mm -hmm. And then he moved to Los Angeles, which was very selfish of him. Oh, that's but we And we actually finished that track uh, remotely, um, musically and lyrically. And I remember sending... Um, Chris had his own studio in LA. So I just recorded an acoustic guitar, a ukulele, and my voice, sending it to him with the view that he would add his some keyboards and his harmonies, send it back to me, and then I'd finish it off. Mm. He sent back the whole thing finished. Mm. Oh, wow. really amazed we made a few changes yeah the thing that cracked me up every time and still does now was on the fade i was going to ask about this yeah go sorry it go ahead like it, is it it isn't no. oh, wow. and okay. it just it was spooky and actually uh chris was a a massive andrew fan as well and mm. he said when he was working on it he kind of felt something in the room. Now, oh. I'm not a believer in that sort of thing, but when I heard that end, I it just did me in. It is extraordinary. Yeah, I'd, I'd never noticed that till last night. I was, you know, getting ready for the pro. I was listening to it on headphones, walking along, and I suddenly heard this other vocal at the end, and thought, "Wait a minute!" And yeah, it's uh, isn't it? It's, it's extraordinary, amazing. isn't it? It was fantastic. Oh, brilliant! Fabulous. And with Chris Braid also worked with Lol, didn't he? 
Yes. In on the producers. That's right. And Chris has gone on to, he's worked with Beyonce and loads of, loads of people. Very talented boy. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the people, actually, we've been in touch at the beginning of the pandemic because of the pandemic. And a lot of people have, you know, I've made contact with, again, either they've contacted me or vice versa mm-hmm. through the pandemic. And um, I'd, I'd love to work with them again. Um, we, I mean, we'd love to, to to ask you who you're kind of lining up, Graham, in that long list of people you you're going to be writing again with. Yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm not sure at the moment what what's going to happen because of um, there's a couple of things in the air that uh, I, I don't want to say anything because they they're not confirmed. I mean, but someone that I would definitely work with again who I who is sort of nearish by is uh, Ian Hornell. Mm. Right. I really with him, and I think our um, Collaborations. I mean, besides um, the songs that you you know of that we've written together, uh, there's some other stuff that uh, that we've done as well. So I, I would definitely work with him again. Brilliant. Right. We'll wait wait with bated breath. Uh, just like to, well, maybe close out, um, play nicely and share with the, the title track, which is a kind of, uh, it's like your version of Bowie's sound and vision. You know, it's a kind of semi-instrumental, but uh, just with scattered. Did, did you just felt felt that it worked better without a, a, a lyric all the way through? Is it just one of those ones? Uh, it was originally going to be a an instrumental. Oh, okay. Uh. When it got to the the sort of the bridge part, I just heard this. Yeah, right. And I thought I'm going to put it on, and I thought, well, just do it. There's no law. There's no rule. Yeah. And I just, I think it works. So, yeah, it's got, that, it's got a lovely carefree I sound. I love the feel of the those chords. Um, I mean, that those chords are like a a, a sort of variation on a. Sort of just a rundown thing. Yes, there's a couple of little tangents, little changes because I couldn't possibly do it yeah. in, the, in an ordinary way. Yes, um, exactly. But I think I, I, I love I love listening to that. It has some really great great things in it. There's a lovely when the second time the, the this sort of uh, bridge part comes round, uh, Graham Pleath played this sort of string pad, and it just always lifts me up. It's so great. Mm. <laughs> Very fond of that. Yeah. Only Uh, I wasn't recording, by the way, while I was out of the room. So, oh, Paul, oh, no, it's okay. I'm sorry to, to miss out the first part of your conversation. Paul, can I record you just asking the question about the Ramones? Uh, yes, okay. Uh, I'd like to ask about some of your production work, Graham. Uh, firstly, uh, the Ramones album, Pleasant Dreams. How was that? Was that that's perfect? Was that, yeah, was that, yeah. I love, I love Alan it. Freeman enough for you. That, yeah, I'm sure we can stitch that in uh, so okay, no one, so no one notices. Oh, what, what a performance that! <laughs> she's a sensation. She's a sensation. She looks so sweet. She's a sensation. She's a sensation. 
and what it was to do with was really nothing to do with 10cc but all to do with the stuff i'd written in the 60s mm-hmm. like for the yardbirds and uh and the hollies and um that that was the the reason and, and my initial um uh thoughts were well this could either work or could be a complete disaster mm-hmm. but um i thought we should give it a go and i, I think i said let's just do let's record two or three tracks see how it goes yeah if you don't like it we'll walk away and it's not going to be good for any of us if 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 it doesn't work out okay um but it seemed to work out um you know because we got to the point i said well you know what do you think it's are we do you want to carry on i said as far as i'm concerned I, I, i'll carry on yeah and they said yes and we we did the we did the whole album i know that um since that johnny didn't like it he didn't say anything at the time but um i know he didn't care for for what we did he he was kind of against the whole principle of getting someone from a kind of a more sort of art rocky bit. i mean i understood that but then don't ask me you know <laughs> yes yes yeah. well um, uh, i think it's great and i think that the band were unlucky not to get a, a hit with it's not my place in the nine to five world which is actually i'm not sure that was a single but that's a standout track for me Do you know what? I haven't really listened to that album for a long time. Right. Okay. But um, I did. I, I like making it. I like. They were very quick. Um, I mean, I was a bit surprised. Maybe I, I prejudged them, but they were very. They were very punctual. Uh, Joey, in particular, was very conscientious. In right. fact, became a bit of a joke because he'd always come up to me and he, you know, had this sort of long hair and he used to do this with his hair. Yeah. So, Graham. <laughs> Could could I go? Could I do that that again? You know, could I do that again? So I say, yeah, sure, do it again. It's like a vocal thing, and yeah. even right up to the time when we were mastering the album, which is the very last stage, we mm. finished with the studio. We we're, we're going to master it. Come up and say, Graham, Graham, is it too late to do anything? I said, yes. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah. he was he was charming. Um, so we we recorded all the tracks in New York, and then. I brought him over to um, to work at Strawberry North at Stockport, okay. and um, I, I pick him up at his hotel and, and and drive him to the studio every day, and then we go out for dinner. And wherever we went, everyone was kind of I don't even know if everybody knew exactly who he was. Right in Bramall, where we used to go to an <laughs> Indian restaurant again. <laughs> But he kind of charmed everybody. Everybody was kind of attracted to him, and he was a, he was a lovely, very unpunk kind of character. Very a sweet uh, guy. Very serious about his music. Very yeah. very serious. And um, yeah, it was it was a it was a it was a nice experience working with him and 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 the, and the rest of the boys. Uh, wonderful, so, yeah, wonderful stories, Graham. Let me take you halfway. Still out into space. Jumping to the other end of the spectrum, um, from, yeah, from uh, Gilbert O'Sullivan. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so one was recorded in eight, uh, 1981. Yeah. And the other, uh, I think, the, uh, with Gilbert O'Sullivan was 82, if I'm not mistaken. I think that's right. Yeah. 
And um, so this was much more of a obvious uh, partnership. Yes. And um, I was always a massive fan of his. In fact, um, Nothing Round was one of my favourite oh. of all mm. time. Yeah. Um, so to work with him was um, the opportunity to work with him. I, I jumped at. I can't remember whether I did the same thing. And so, you know, when you embark on an album, it's a big deal. Yeah. If it's not working and no one's happy, not you know, you want everybody to be happy. Um, but it did work out very well. We, I, I loved the songs that he wrote. We did some of it in Ireland uh, at Windmill Lane Studios, mm. uh, a famous studio there. And then we did the rest of it. We did some of it in Munich for some reason. There was something to do with Ray, or his real name's Ray. I had to be out the country, I think. And I remember going somewhere out the country to do some recording. Mm -hmm. But most of it was done out of tracks at Wimmerland, but most lot of it was done um, at uh, Strawberry North. Okay, oh, right. right okay. Uh, and it was a pleasure to work with. He's obviously incredibly musical knows what he wants he's very well um well rehearsed so there's not you're not doing a million takes of things he, he you know he, and really he's the artist so any overdub ideas or anything i would always you know he had to kind of have approve it you know which i was happy to do and he had a very good sense musical sensibility Did you have anything to do with the, the song structure? I wonder where, how far you could, as a producer, you feel you could draw the you know, where you drew oh, the line. I, no, I would if I if I if I thought something. I can't think. I can't give you an example. But if I thought maybe a verse could be repeated or okay. a, a, some other arrangement that would be better, I would certainly um, say so. Mm. Okay. You certainly had a strong team there, didn't you, Graham? It was almost 10cc yeah. Mark II point two. Yes, uh, Paul Burgess in particular, um, playing drums. Um, the other keyboards, I think, was it with Vic Emerson on that? Yes, yeah, he was on, Duncan, yeah. I think, plays on one track. Duncan, I, yeah. Pleasure to, to work with with him, and he's someone I, you know, we kept in touch with one another. Uh, where we tend to see played in Jersey, where where Ray lives, um, in 2019, I think it was uh, mm -hmm. last year, and and we met up with him and um, we went out for dinner with him, and then uh, recently, or well, it was a few months ago, he played at. Um, Cadogan Hall and asked me to be a guest to play on Nothing Rhyme. Wow, that must have been a thrill to play on that wonderful wow. song. So just me, his guitarist, had a very good guitar player, mm -hmm. and, and me and, and him. And oh. it, was, it was a real, real treat. Mm -hmm. Wow, I'll say. Graham, can I play you something from a few years ago? 
Um, sure. And this will lead us into, I hope, a chat about another of your well-known collaborations that uh, we're all very fond of on, on in podcast land. An old tape. Let's 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 say nothing more. I love this songwriting session, Graham. What does it bring back in your memory? Well, great. I mean, I love working with Kevin anyway, you know, whatever. And um, I think this started off with Kevin calling me and saying, do you fancy, you know, doing some work together, record, writing, recording? And I said, sure, definitely. But like, for what purpose? I said, no reason other than to do it. Hmm. No good enough reason. And... Um, so with Kevin, there's a different, as a co-writer, it's a different um, process in that Kevin doesn't write a musical instrument. So he'll, if he has a melody, he just sings the melody and you find the chords to go behind it. You know, when you're listening to a melody like that, you can, you can hear what the chords should be. And if there was anything that wasn't, he didn't like, he'd say, that, that doesn't sound right. Can it make it sadder or make it bluesier or something and then I'd know what to do. So I quite enjoyed that. It's kind of like um, hunt the cord. (laughs) (laughs) And it's it's a pleasure hearing you both hunting the melodies as well in in that session. I mean, I listened, funny enough, I listened to that EP. I hadn't listened to it um, for a long time. And there were certain things that I thought were really beautiful and other things were kind of, I was a bit sort of dazed, but I couldn't, I needed to listen to it again to sort of get it. But that that's Kevin and that it, like any collaboration, you need to know when to let the other person go and do his thing. And it, it, with Kevin, it's a very specific thing. So yes, right. I kind of was chasing him, sort of like I was chasing him sometimes. <laughs> What are the what are the highlights of that EP for you? Well, I love the first track, although it sounds a bit dated now. Hmm. Um, Every day he worked into the city. Is it the kind of Bacharach one? Yeah. Yeah. What's it called now? Uh, I should have bought that. In, that. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Sorry. No, we we should know. <laughs> Oh God, it's not on. We sometimes have blind spots like this, Graham. I've got the. I've got it in my studio. I can get it. Uh, Okay, that would be great. Thank you. Thank you. You've been traveling on the same road, traveling on the same road. You've been traveling on the same road as me. Uh, Yeah, it's the same road. The same road. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I love that. I wish we could re-record that in a way because some of the sounds are a little bit dated, but I, I love the idea of it. And it, yes, it is very Bacharach. Um, but so some of the songs are Johnny Hurts, I thought was great, and Hooligan Crane. That was really wow. That was dark. Yeah. 
Yes. But yeah. I, I loved uh, working with them, beautifulloser.com. I think the only one that was, I, th- I found very odd was Barry's Shoes. Um, but beautifulloser.com, we actually, when Kevin first appeared with the with the Mark III 10cc, mm-hmm. he, we did um, Oh Wow Men, obviously. Yeah. And, um, and beautifulloser.com. That, there's a beautiful moment. It's captured on on the DVD, of course. Was it in Dublin that performance, the one that was filmed, or else? It's where after the first verse of "Old Well Men" unannounced, Kevin comes out to sing the second verse. It's a fantastic moment. The kind of crowd are rather stunned, and then yeah. well, yeah, that was that was my idea to do it. Uh, well. Yeah, <laughs> nice one, nice one. Part of impact, rather than us both being on stage and singing it, because it's and it's so. Um, appropriate somehow yeah. yes as time goes by yeah yeah but we yeah um, i mean kevin's got a well you've already spoken to kev about his stuff so um yeah you know all about that yes I, I thought son of man was an absolutely brilliant song you know the the, pre, the prehistory of 10cc made me almost wish that you could have encapsulated the entire history into into more songs because it it's like the setting the scene for a musical. You have, you know, the the, yeah. the overture almost of how it came to be. Slowly out of innocence, a test you, baby, that made no sense. Kept stumbling into the light of day, but the only thing that it could say was. Well, that's why I'd started using it as the um, as a sort of pre-music to, to to when we play now. Yes, it just yeah. And now we've now I've got a video as well that Kevin has done. Yeah, seen it. So, uh, so it's because one thing would people would say like, "What is it?" And I can't hear all the lyrics. So we, we you know we decided to do show the lyrics with some obviously some visuals as well. Mm. Yeah. And Kevin did that video entirely on his own you know on his okay. on his computer absolutely brilliant yeah it yeah. really is i love it's quirky it's fun um, yeah yeah it's it's nice that eric and lola also incorporated into the track lola of course singing lead on a kind yeah. of compressed version of the Andrew man i know you kind of kind of changed well, we, the meter or something so it yeah, fit. We, had, we had to time stretch it yeah 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 and Eric at the beginning answering the questions. Yeah, the interview at the beginning. It's great. <laughs> recorded with um, Mike Stevens' studio. Uh, Mike, who played, well, he used to play with us all the time and then he's now MD for, well, MD for Take That, Gary Barlow and Jeff Lynn. So wow. he's yeah. a big boy. But he has, he has played with us. What, there was one point, I've got subs for everybody, but there was one gig we were doing that nobody was available and he and asked him to play it and he played it oh wow that the interview at the start of son of man am i right in thinking it's from when you were on swap shop yeah it's no <laughs> that's right that brings back memories edward <laughs> <laughs> and and now that is such an important part of what we do it kind of it's like our wake-up call that we're going on stage, you know, so it's become a really important um, uh, track for us. I mean, I think I'll always use it because how can I not? Why would I not? It's just, uh, mm-hmm. 
Mm. Uh, everything. And, and when we are able to use the um, use the video that accompanies it, uh, it's it's obviously it's even better. But we can't do that in every gig because if we're doing festivals. We haven't got our own right. uh, video screens and everything. But yeah. um, on, the, on the tours that hopefully are, that have been rescheduled for next year, you'll see it. Yeah, can't wait. And uh, February, I think, isn't it? Um, can't remember when the Leicester gig is. Yeah. Uh, I think Mark. We're, well, the two we're doing two British tours: a, a provincial city tour and a big city tour. I think I can't remember what order they are in, in March and April. Mm-hmm. So we're just praying that they're going to go. Yeah, ahead. Oh, same same here. We fingers crossed for you, Graham. Yeah, I hope so. Paul, you had a a, a very interesting angle on Neil Sedaka, didn't you? Days of devils, kings and clowns, angel songs and birthday tunes, valentines and wishing wells, magic stairways, moons and dreams. Well, uh, this goes back to the the PRS database. I don't know whether you ever uh, go into there, Graham. You can... um, as a, as a PRS member, you can search on anybody's songs, and it's quite it's quite fascinating. And I I found a few that you know are registered, but we I don't believe we know about. There's a song credited to you, Eric Howard Greenfield and Neil Sedaka called "Dark Love." Any idea what that's all about? I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, all right then. <laughs> Yeah, I know it's it's. I mean, unfortunately, they're not samples of the songs there, are they? No, it's just just a title. So you get this yeah. kind of, you know, you, you think, what on earth is that? And the database isn't, uh, it's not error free as well. You know, yeah, you do get songs attributed to the wrong people and things like that. So, but may I just ask about them uh, a little bit about the Neil Sedaka sessions, which you yeah. know, clearly, I think apart from the songs that the four of you wrote in terms of songs written and recorded or sorry recorded at strawberry have to be amongst some of the best songs ever recorded there um i mean yeah. our, our last song together beautiful this will be our last song together words will only make us cry this will be our last song together there's no other way if memory serves that was a song uh, which 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 was real in that um, Neil was going to break away from Howard Greenfield and, and he came into the song. Did he cry when he sang that song? Because I think I would have. Well, he didn't cry when he did that song. Right. But I remember him crying when we played back uh, the final mix of Solitaire. Right. He just wept and wept and he went, I remember going... Did I write that? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. He's yeah. uh he's with him. He was great. I mean, or someone else very old school. Oh yeah. Well rehearsed, interesting on all the tracks that we recorded with him except one, he would sing the lead vocal as he was playing the putting down the piano. Yeah. So in the in this Eric would be in the control room. Lol and I would be in, in the studio play, with, playing guitar with um, with Kevin on drums, mm. Neil on piano uh, and vocal. And then we add 
all the other stuff, backing vocals, bass, really late on. I used to like putting the bass on as late as possible. It must have really put you on your metal, you three, having, you know, the consummate professional playing, presumably with hardly ever a mistake. You were worrying you were going yeah, to... We were, we, were, we were up to the task. I mean, yeah. we were... I, in fact, I, I, you might even have heard it, but um, I, I found... I went down to our 10cc lockup and, and discovered that a tape that I made with Neil the very first time I met him. Wow. Oh, I it's the songs for the first album for solitaire and yeah. and uh, a lot of the songs on that uh, actually i sent it to david and he's had them uh, cleaned up wow so that was me with a little tape recorder recording mm. the neil's songs that he was proposing to do for the album wow. so i go back and write some chord sheets that very basic because they're not not don't think that i'm not writing notes just chords yes uh-huh. um for me and lol to play and um yeah that, that was um the first time that uh, i'd met him and uh, it was great and he was very professional with everything very quick mm. i think the album took about two weeks to make because there were particularly having the lead vocal right away was great yeah yes and we were quick you know we know what what we wanted to do yes yes how amazing yeah. You mentioned this, ten, this mythical 10cc lockup, Graham. My, my ears pricked up there, crikey. That sounds oh, well, like I, a treasure trove. Uh, yeah, well, I, I've moved house a few, a few times recently and sort of needed space somewhere to put stuff like uh, gold discs and uh, loads of other things and other tapes. And I've also found some, like I've got a... Um, sheet music uh test pressing things like that so um i've discovered all this stuff and there's still more stuff i'm going to go down again to um to sort out so this is a place where we keep the 10 cc equipment when we're not on the road and we leave it leave it there because our um production manager dave cobby uh lives in eastbourne Mm. So he'll always get the, get the vehicle to pick up all the gear from there. Mm. Mm. So I've also got some of my own personal stuff there. Yeah, what, wonderful. Yeah, I found some great stuff. I, I found an album of... Um, when I first met Andrew, we recorded the first album, which we've discussed at, at my house. I used to have this cottage, that big cottage in, uh, in Cheshire, and I found some great photos from that... Uh, well, yes, uh, Dave. Uh, Dave was kind enough to send me that those photos, and I've, I, I kind of enlarged them a little bit. I'm not sure if you've seen uh, seen those. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, that wonderful pictures, Graham. Yeah, really good, really good. Yeah. Fun. It re- does reflect a very good time. There, there, there's lots of other ones as well of my girlfriend at the time, and <clears throat> I had a, the guard, Charlie the gardener, and <laughs> Mrs. Harrop, who used to. I had a cleaner, right. and yeah. just a really good time. And we sort of pretty much were like locked down together for a, quite a long time, just making music. Yes, that was uh, Mottram St Andrew, wasn't it? Yeah, Mottram St Andrew. Yeah. I mentioned this, I've, I've just started work at uh, Macclesfield Hospital, a new contract, and I drive through Mottram St Andrew every day on the way. Yeah. I think this looks nice. <laughs> yeah, it's St Andrew's Cottage, it was called. So it's between Wilmslow and Presbury. I've oh, got okay. you. Yeah, it's lovely around there. I love um, the handwritten notes on those photos, Graham. I, I 
presume that's Andrew's Andrew's writing. Yeah. Yes. Any anyone for tennis? He says on one of them. Oh mm -hmm. right, yes. Well, he's he's actually it's one of the rare shots of him without a beard. Yeah. Ah, yes. Yes. Just, just a couple of unusual song combinations. I mean, it's funny, Graham. If you look at your list of collaborators, um, you know, on the on the PRS website, if you take out the obvious, you know, Eric, Kevin, and Lol, and Andrew, you're left with a kind of bewildering array of of songwriters. And you think, well, who who writes with all these people? It, it, when you see it all together, it's quite. I mean, there's people like. Um, uh, bear with me a second. Uh, uh, Roger Cook. You did a song with Roger Cook, it says here. I'm yeah. Um, can't remember the name of it now. Um, can I you, can't oh, City um, Girl. City Girl, it's called. Do you know? Can you remember anything about that? I, I remember writing with him. Okay. I, uh, something quite funny, because in Nashville, and you know, you've got to keep things very, very simple. So anyway, we were writing this song, and I, I, I sort of put this diminished chord in or, or <laughs> chord or something yeah. and I was really pleased with myself I said what, what do you think of that he said Graham you just walked out of Nashville <laughs> right <laughs> he was like you're finished right <laughs> you don't do that sort of chord sacrilege <laughs> yeah it was stuck in my mind brilliant, yeah, brilliant. but he's a, he's a fantastic writer yes oh. what about um, your collaboration with Sophie Ellis Baxter I've never written with Sophie Ellis. Uh, well, it says you have. <laughs> just let, I mean, you can put us right. Well, what's the name of the song here? Oh, Immune God. to Love. Immune to Love, that's right. E Richard X, Sophie Ellis Baxter, Hannah Robinson and, and Graham Keith Goldman, it says. But maybe it's an erroneous entry. It's an erroneous entry. Ah, okay. How intriguing. I mean, a connection uh, with her in that, you know, there's a kind of a, with Ian Horn or... John Sword, our sound guy, uh, Kieran Jeremiah with the feeling. We're oh, all kind of interconnected and it's a wonderful, yes. uh, big sort of family that uh, benefits all of us. I mean, since Ian Hornell, I, I found him at a feeling gig that he was performing at. Okay. And I brought him in Tennessee. He's now working with with Jeff Lynn as well oh, and, and, and other people through Mike Stevens who I know so yeah uh, so one thing and that's how I met Kieran Jeremiah um and 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 uh, and other people that uh, that that are working with with Tan CC mm. okay. um I'm really grateful to Paul for putting together this list Graham of of some of the more obscure corners uh yeah. of your PRS database um Excuse my ignorance, but I, I've never heard of the song that you, it says that you and Eric wrote called Lady Soul. Did that ever come out, Paul? Are you aware I, of that? I, yeah. I Do you remember I, that one, Graham? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't sound... It doesn't sound like you two. It sound very... something that we would do somehow. Mm. Yeah. Mm. No, it just doesn't sit right with me, that title. Sure. Yeah, sure. Uh, and that's another one called Sailing. That oh, sounds yes. more like Christopher Cross, doesn't it? 
Well, you yeah. see, it could be it could be something as simple as it is literally somebody's guest at the writer. You know, there's I don't know how accurate these these entries all, always are. Um, perhaps a, a, a question for the PRS admin team, but yeah. yeah. Okay, so no, no, and and here's one. Um, and this will be my last one that I throw at you, Graham, I promise. Uh, and it made me giggle. You and Captain Sensible writing yeah. Tunnel Vision. Yeah. Now, that sounds like a really quirky mixture. Yeah. Uh, that was quite a long time ago. I'm trying to remember his real name, Captain Sensible. Yeah, we did a... We, I think we sort of did a couple of things. Okay. But that's, that's true. Okay. <laughs> And that came out, did it? Maybe on the Captain Sensible record? I have no idea. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll go scouting for it, and if we can find it. <laughs> okay. Just one, one last, one last thing about your production work. I'm sorry, I forgot to ask this before. The uh, the crowd, the charity single for the for the Brad after the Bradford fire disaster, mm. and is that correct? Was did you produce that? Uh, and was it recorded at, at Strawberry? No, it was recorded at it was recorded in London. Okay, uh, I can't remember the name of the studio, uh, but it was organised by a friend of mine called Ray Levy. Okay, and he pulled me into to do the record. It took forever to make the record and we had people coming in and out all day like really some fantastic the really sort of ran the gamut of yes from rock to showbiz let's put it this way mm. phil linnett and gary moore and then there'd be bruce um bruce forsyth's on there isn't he <laughs> yeah. bernie bernie winters there's, there's all winters. Of... yeah i mean it was just mind-boggling mm. but it we did must... to number one Yes, of course. Fantastic. Yeah. It, it must have um, been difficult, kind of, just piecing all those all those vocals together. It, I guess. it was. It was uh, to, to get everybody in and get good takes. But it was. It was almost like a next. Yeah. You know. You know like right. that. But it it it, um, it worked. Thanks so much, Graham. It's, we've taken you on a, a bit of a whistle-stop a, a whistle tour here, haven't we? But it's been just such a, a pleasure, Graham, uh, on these, what is it, five occasions now where we've exactly. taken Including you down memory lane? Yes. Yeah, yeah and um, we're so grateful. It's been a real pleasure for us. Well, I've said before, it's been my pleasure as well, so uh, I've really enjoyed doing it. It's very, it's very kind of you. Yes, we'll we'll leave you alone for the foreseeable future. But <laughs> as I say, I will, I will okay. say. <laughs> Take care with everything, Greg. Good, good, good luck. I won't and hold my breath. Uh, yeah. Okay. No. Indeed. All right. Very good. But uh, I'll, I, you know, I'll send you the transcriptions of all these uh, conversations to go oh. along with the audio when, when, when they're done. Okay. Very good. All right. Well, have a good day. And you, Graham. Love to talk to you. Bye, Charles. Thank you. Bye. -bye. Empty bottles in the hallway Dinner tables in the bed Seven mothers coming out And they should be coming in To be coming in But they're not coming out 
been listening to the consequences podcast produced by paul mcnulty and sean mccreevy thanks for listening